Listen, if someone comes here with great piety, that doesn't mean they're from God. If someone comes here with great miracle, it doesn't mean they're from God. If someone comes here with just an exuberant, zealous personality that makes you think that you don't even love God, it doesn't mean they're from God. And the only way for you to be able to truly figure that out is to know what God's word says. To know God's word. Because this is for the last. This is for the last. This is for the last. This is Reformed Rasa. Welcome back to another episode. Theology Matters. Gracias for tuning in. My name is Martin Velasquez alongside with my brothers. Justin Corona. And? And what's up, everybody? This is Pastor Vic right here. And welcome once Woo-hoo. again. Gracias to, for tuning in. I know. I know. I know. We didn't put out an episode last week. I'm sorry to break your hearts. We tried, but we had some technical difficulties, but we will persevere into the end. Amen. Mandatory. all right so gracias for tuning in once again don't forget to uh like us on instagram um like us on instagram why did i say that follow us on instagram like us on facebook yes Uh, hit up our social media if you have any questions comments concerns or rebukes we are at reformedrasa at gmail.com and hit us up and i think i think it's uh only appropriate as we're ending the year to give a shout out to those who have supported us, those whom shout out have even uh, messaged us. Um, every episode, we always challenge you guys as the listeners to feel free to message us of anything that maybe you you were edified by, or even if you guys have any rebukes or, or anything, concerned with <laughs> anything that you were concerned with, any ideas that you would want to see in this podcast. Because at the end of the day, this podcast is for the listeners. It's for y'all, man. It's for all of you, and 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 as we say. That, that, that we encourage you guys that you would grow as we continue to grow because all of us Amen. are still learning, all of us are still growing. So, um, a couple of people we want to shout out. Um, do you already have your list? Well, shout out to all the ones that, that gave us five stars on the Apple podcast, all those who had left comments. We see y'all. We see y'all. Shout out to, uh, who is it? We got Aldair Perez. Shout out to that brother right there for leaving the comment. We got shout, shout out to uh, um, her Instagram name is ten thirteen Bree, who uh, left us a message about um, how edified she was by listening to our episodes. Shout out, shout out, appreciate it, appreciate it. Uh, let's see who else. There's another person that that also commented too. Um, it says, "Um, I don't know me." So whoever that is, thank you. It, it, uh, binge worthy yes <laughs> <laughs> gracias for that comment we see y'all we see y'all uh, very edifying from uh, daily reformation podcast jason from daily reformation podcast shout, shout out, out. Uh, he let he sent us an email as well and commented and gave us five stars on apple podcast so we see y'all brother we see you brother uh, go hit his podcast up too. Uh, daily reformation daily podcast. reformation podcast is a very edifying a podcast he goes through the the scriptures and you know lays it down mm-hmm. uh, shout out to that brother and vanessa also the first one to give us a review on apple podcast she said growing with you 
Amen, sister. And she does a podcast called Hard on the Mic too. So go hit up that podcast as well. And I want to read an email that we got yeah. that I think is very, uh, it goes along with what we're talking about today. Theology matters. Mm-hmm. You know what? The importance of being a theological people and how not having the correct theology would kind of leave us in a downward spiral to all kinds of goofiness. Because everybody does theology. You can't escape it. You know, if you, if you really realize it, everyone has a theology. The question is, is it the right theology? That's what, what, that's what it means to be orthodox. Have you ever heard that word orth, orthodoxy or orthodox? It comes from uh, the word ortho, you know, like an orthopedic. The dude that, uh, or ortho, orthodontist, what is it? Orthodontist. Um, yeah, that one. <laughs> well, you know, he, he, a dentist, he does your teeth. He makes sure everything is right with your mouth, right? So that's where that word comes from. Ortho means correct or right. And doxology, which is orthodox, comes from uh, the word worship. So it's like the right way of worship. So when we say we're orthodox, meaning we're in line with historical, biblical Christianity. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be orthodox. And so this email that we got from a listener from Georgia, all the way from Georgia. Shout out to all the homies Shout out. from Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> Had to do that, huh? <laughs> his name is Eric Cardoso. And he gave me permission to read his email. So a uh, shout out to, uh, well, he said his nickname is uh, Firme E. <laughs> or L-E. Sounds Firme. Firme E. Oh, firme, firme Vato right here. So let me read his email. And I think it goes in with what we're talking about today. It says, Hey there, my name is Eric. I am a frequent listener of your guys' podcast. I want to start by saying praise, praise, praise God. Yep, he said it three times. I am so thankful that I found your guys' podcast. I first heard the podcast from my sister. Shout out to your sister. Who recommended it to me. I listen to many edifying podcasts. But the one thing that is different from your guys to the rest is y'all Chicanos. What? Simon, I said we are. I was shocked to hear you guys being so informed, so theological, so biblical, and so edifying. Where I'm living at, South Georgia. Are you going to do the Georgia? Georgia? <laughs> there are not many Hispanics that are so informed and biblical. Mostly what I can see in other races throughout. Uh, mostly what I see in other races throughout my Christian walk, I felt really out of place, not for being a Christian, but being a Hispanic Christian. Ooh, I feel that, brother. That wants to be edifying, biblical, and have conversations with other Reformed Chicano Christians. I currently attend a small Baptist Hispanic church that does not have many members, but does have a good biblical pastor. I do think that I do attend a biblical church, but I think, for, I, but I think some things are not taught. For example, I learned from you guys' podcasts what the five solas are and mean, and not from the church I attend. I do not blame my pastor, but it does concern me that the church I attend does not have more brothers and sisters that know the basics of doctrines, theology, and biblical things that need to be known to a Christian. Oh, he's preaching over the email right now. (laughs) I've shared with other brothers and sisters a podcast because you guys talk about basic biblical things that all Christians should know, but... But to some surprise, they don't. I also share the podcast because there are there might be others that think 
that are not Chicanos that are so biblical and mature in their faith because they haven't seen them or heard them. I also share because you guys are so edifying and she encouraged to hear others that look like me and sound like me that are Christians. I am very encouraged to hear each time I hear the podcast because I know God is using you guys to edify the saints. Y'all need to keep up the great work y'all doing. I do have some suggested topics that maybe you guys can talk about in the future episodes, like like the following. Women pastors, singleness, being a Christian in a non-biblical home, why wait for a Christian spouse, recommended books to read, recommended podcasts to hear, mm. recommended sermons to hear, spiritual gifts, and how to properly rebuke a fellow brother or and sister. I have some more topics, but I think the list is long enough, so I stopped. LOL. <laughs> Thank you guys again for being godly men, men that are following Christ's command. Keep up fighting the good fight and never stop edifying the sense. God bless. God bless America. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> and so, man, shout out to that brother on the real because everything that he expressed is something that I have felt, you know, which is basically the whole reason why we wanted to start this podcast is to glorify God through the edification of the saints because I'm going to be real. And I've noticed that uh, theology, doctrine are bad words in the Hispanic Christian church. You know, and it's and it's mostly uh, Pentecostal churches, you know, and not, not that I'm trying to tear down anybody or, or put anybody on blast. But people usually hear the, the word theology or a doctrine and then they're like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to go down that road. You know, I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to, you know, theology is just head knowledge is going to, you know, lead me astray. And, and people are afraid of really being biblical, theological people. It's almost like they're traumatized when they hear that word theology. Yeah. Yeah, they get the, the shivers when they yeah, hear that yeah, word, you know what I mean? And, they, and you know what? I'm, I'm speaking in the Hispanic Chicano Christian churches, you know what I mean? Because uh, I, that, that's what I've seen, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it real, you know what I mean? And we're here to say that we are Hispanic, we're Chicanos, we're Christian, and you know what? We love the word of God. We love theology, we love doctrine, we love the scriptures, sola scriptura, that's what it means, that the, the scriptures are the authority for faith and practice, you know what I mean? So what this brother expressed is something that is, is going on in all Hispanic churches, and thank God that there are some solid uh, Hispanic churches out there that aren't afraid to tackle theological issues and mm-hmm. not afraid to speak doctrinally and, and, and still be very much like on fire for the Lord. You know, we think that, that oh, it's just going to be too much head knowledge and then, you know, you're not allowing the spirit to move. But it's only when you know the correct theology is when the spirit can really move. Because yeah. you're not going to be confused and not be strayed away by, you know, other teachings. You know, so what, y- what y'all guys, guys got to say about well, I, this? I'd like to encourage him, um, where, wherever church he's at, to remain, to yeah, be patient. Exactly. And uh, continue, continue learning in the, the things of God, learning, growing in the word, um, even in different doc- doctrinal issues. You know, go and continue to ask yourself the, the why questions. Because it's those why questions that um, force us to grow in our walks. When we ask, why do I believe what I believe? Why Jesus Christ? Why this? Why that? 
then we're able to to look through the scriptures and understand our whys and it only affirms and and just assures us much more of our faith that that we have and so i i just encourage you to to continue doing that in your church and if those around you those uh your peers in 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 your uh, congregation aren't at that level be patient with them be yeah. gracious with them and 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 you know maybe maybe start asking them some questions so so they could start to figure them out themselves too because one thing is you can't force people to to learn something you you have it, it's almost like 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 uh we have to ask them the questions to get them to want to search the answers themselves so that they can be assured instead of it being head knowledge because if you just um just shove a lot of these things towards people and then it becomes head knowledge and then and then uh Sadly, it will become what a lot of people fear because a lot of people, when they hear theology, they, they cringe or, or they shudder because they know somebody that had theology yeah. but didn't have love. They have a bad uh, experience with yeah. a theological person. And I think we made that mistake, and I think I made that mistake mm-hmm. too in the past, where we want to cross every theological T and dot every theological I and make sure that everyone stays speaking the right terminology and yeah. saying the correct things, but we're not really showing them in love. See, mm-hmm. theology needs to leave to doxology, meaning our, our understanding of who God is has to uh, result in worship. It has to result in love. It has yeah. to result in the fruit of the Spirit. So through that, people are, are going to be drawn to you. Like, why are you so, you know, passionate about the word of God? Why are you so passionate about, you know, just church and and just being a Christian? It's because I know who God is, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what it must lead that, to. That's when that scripture comes up, you know, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Yeah. It's not saying don't seek knowledge. Yeah. The whole word of God is telling you constantly grow in the word of God, grow in the mm-hmm. knowledge of who God is and wisdom. And so uh, you don't want to do it with a with a fleshly attitude where you're just mm-hmm. correcting everybody just for for something that, uh, just like you were saying, not not saying the correct terminology, not yeah. saying the correct things, but for knowledge in the Word of God, it, it's uh, for us to to have wisdom and to edify the saints, edify yeah. the church, not to put the church down. But don't get that scripture twisted. It doesn't mean don't get knowledge. Yeah. It doesn't mean yeah. don't don't search the scripture. The word of God constantly tells you to grow in the knowledge of God. Yeah. And so just people just kind of twist it up. There. Yeah, even in Titus chapter two, or any time that that Paul is mentioning an elder or the qualifications for an elder or a pastor or deacon, he always mentioned someone who is sound in doctrine. And he uses that word doctrine. Sound in doctrine. You know, that's that's a key point because that's what he lists every single time he he mentions the qualifications of an elder. He must be sound in love and sound in doctrine. Those yeah. are the most important things. So now moving into our topic, um, let us first ask ourselves the question, then what is theology? If if we're going to do this episode on theology matters, though, then what is theology? Theology comes from two words, theos, meaning God, and ology. Or, yeah, ology meaning or the study of. Mm-hmm. So, theos means God. Ology means the study of, you know, oceanology. Or that's oceanography. No, oceanology. Oh, oceanography. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's biology, zoology. zoology. Yeah, all these. I mean, you could go to a college campus and look at the classes. There's going to be a bunch of different ology classes yeah. listed. Um, Does that just mean yeah. that's what you're studying? There's a study of. So, so when we talk about theology, theology is not bad because it is the study of God. So when people say, oh, I don't do theology, 
what is it that you're really saying? I don't study who God is. That's literally, it's literally what you're saying. When people, oh, we don't do theology here. Meaning, we don't study God here. And, and in a way, that, that almost leads to a blind faith. It does. It, it really does. People, people may use the scripture, you know, oh, I, I walk by faith, not by sight. But it's like, no, like, you're walking blindly. Yeah. Like, like that, that scripture is taken out of context. But, but when we study the things of God, we, we have a faith that we aren't blind to. We understand what we believe in. We are assured in the things we know. And, and that's why it's important for us to study these things. Yeah. And if you say, well, you know, I may not be too theological, but I do study the Bible and I, I do study who God is. When you're doing theology. Yeah. Every time you open your mouth and speak something about God, you're doing, you're saying something theological. You know, God is this, God is that. It's a theological statement. Now, the question is, are you saying, are you talking the right theology? Now, I'm not, I'm not, saying, I'm not necessarily saying you're saying the, the correct theological terms. I'm just saying, are you representing God accurately? Mm-hmm. That's the whole question. You know, so. So then with our next question, then how do we as believers benefit from rightly given theology? Uh, for me, uh, it just gives you a, a, a greater, a greater joy and a greater peace knowing who 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 God is, who yeah. is the God that you're serving. Because uh, on another uh, different episode, I mentioned how I was tempted to get depressed and and, and this and that. But then uh, I went, I turned to the Book of Galatians, and you know, once you find out, you know, all the solas and and, and what what that means is, you know, the the, the study of Scripture. Mm-hmm. It just it just gives you a. a a sense of peace, knowing that that God's got you, knowing that um, mm-hmm. the promises of God, adoption, justification, yeah. uh, knowing all these things, knowing that that God's got you in the midst of everything. I love Romans chapter eight. It's just a uh, man. How, how Paul, how Paul, you know, after all, after all these things in Romans, talking about you know how how everybody's a sinner, everybody's falling from 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 the glory of God. That you know, a savior came. You know, Romans chapter five, talking about while we were helpless, while we were still sinners, and and just talking about justification. Once he gets up to Romans chapter eight, it's kind of kind of like he's saying, "Who then can be against me? If God is for me, who can be against me?" Yeah. And uh, he's just filled up with with this expressible, unexpressible joy that that he has to, he has to say, uh, "Who can bring a charge against God's elect? It's yeah. God who justifies. Who can separate me from the love of God?" Yeah. And and some people. Uh, get get that twisted. Well, who can separate my love from him? But it's the other way around. Yeah. Who can separate his love from me? Yeah. As yeah. as as his child, as as adopted child of God. For, for me, once you know theology, once you know who God is, it just gives you gives you a peace and a joy. That yeah. like, man, God's with me. God's really with me. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but I think it gives you an assurance, a stableness in in your faith, mm-hmm. knowing that you know what, I'm never going back. The world can come at me, sin can come at me, temptation can come at me, but I know who my God is, and I'm not going to move. I think that's what theology does, and in those hard times, you just fall down and worship, because you know God is sovereign, God is um, overall looking out for you for your good, and he's not going to let you be, you know, steered away. He has you in his hand. As John chapter 10 says, you know, he, he no, no, nothing is ever going to pluck us out of his hand. Yeah. You know, he's like, I call my sheep, they hear my voice and they know me and they shall never fall. You know, those who believe in me, they shall never perish, never perish. 
That's crazy. Yeah. And and I, I think that's like when we study the word of God, when we especially like when you look through Old Testament, you see many times, many generations, many men who have been risen um, as far as just just serving God, being uh, having faith in their God and how they were broken men. They were yeah. men who sinned, who did this and that, murdered, drank and idolatry and, 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 and all these things. But yet God, rem- his love remained. And, and just like how you mentioned that scripture, like what can separate us from the love of God? And when you look at Old Testament, you could, abru- you could, uh, you could bring a summary to it that, that God made a promise to the nation of Israel and the nation of Israel didn't hold their end of the bargain. They, yeah. they so many times repeatedly, like, like so many cycles of, they, broke of the they, they, they proclaimed their, their, their love for God or that they would serve him. And they'll go and start worshiping other gods and, and false idols and how God would continue to be there for them and continue to, to fulfill his promise with them, their, his covenant that he made with them. Yeah. And, and, and even just when you read through the prophet of Jeremiah, like how, like man, like that—that that breaks my heart when you read that. And like, dude, like when it portrays Israel as as a woman who went and and whored among the other the other gods on the hills and everything like that, and, and how God continued to remain faithful. And it's like when you read that all from Old Testament, you see that personified through the people in the Bible, and then you and then you come to the New Testament, you're able to deeply understand that when we when we come to the things of God, when we understand that, hey, God loves us, like. Like, I don't think you understand that yeah. fully, that God loves you. It's not the type of love that we understand here. You know, I love burritos. Like, it's not that type of love. <laughs> like, like it's, it's a more stronger, yeah. concentrated, uh, fervent. Like, man, this type of love is, is it, nothing could separate it. Yeah. And it's like, and it's, it's just like what you said, Martin. Like, it's assurance. And, and when, we, when we have been given rightly, um, given theology, it's, it's that full assurance that, you know, nothing could separate me. No matter what I go through, I could go through. You know, I could be a martyr. It's not gonna. It's not gonna change yeah. my love for God. It's not gonna Dude. change my position. And and, Dude, and I and I could go to the cross. I could go to the guillotine. I could go to the electric chair with peace and joy. And, and many brothers and sisters do yeah. even today in the Middle East, man. I always bring that up, dude, because it's real, man. Like they're literally being killed and tortured for their faith, and they won't. They yeah. won't back yeah. down. Why? Have you ever wondered, like, why won't they? Why, and even in the early church, when they were persecuted, many of them um, going to a cross and praising God on their way to the cross. Yeah. Why? Singing hymns. Singing hymns and worshiping God on their way to their death. Like, think about that. Do you think the preachings that are going on today, even half of the people would do that? People, you know, in the mega churches and, you know, I'm not saying it's bad to go to mega church, but I'm saying what? Why? Why is there so many people in this one building? Is it because they're just there for an experience, maybe to listen to a rock band play or some of the stuff that they do? Or feel is it good. really, you know, that feel-good message, you know what I mean? Or are they really there f- for God? To study. You know? Yeah. To learn about God. Not to learn about you yeah, about you and your purpose, but to learn about who God is. So, so now it's kind of like, what are the dangers of not having theology in your life? Yeah. Or actually wrongly given. Wrongly, wrongly given yeah. theology. The wrongly given theology. I strongly Ooh. believe that the wrong theology will, leave, will lead to depression, to anxiety. Oh, yeah. 
to unstableness, burden, to burden some. And, and I think that's why a lot of people are feeling like that in the church because of wrongly given theology, because it's all about you now. It's all about you, your purpose, and God wants to fulfill your dreams. They're puffing you up. They're scratching your ear so that when you realize, because life is going to hit you. Temptations are going to hit you. Yeah. Sin is going to hit you. Yep. And so when you don't have the rightly given theology, you're going to think that you failed. Because this pastor has given you 10 ways to do this or five steps to do this. Or 10 commandments or, to follow. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. And, and, and then someone like, oh, man, I failed. I didn't keep step three. <laughs> you know, that means I, I, it's, it's, I failed. It's my fault. And so then you, that leads you to a, de, a depressing state, meaning, oh, how can God love me now? I failed. So you don't, you don't understand what grace is. You don't understand what the love of God is. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that, that's why, uh, man, the prosperity gospel and, and all these things. The that word, of teaching faith, on, word of faith movement. Yeah. So, so now, now instead of going on to the sovereignty of God, it's kind of like, well, you messed up because you didn't have enough. Faith. You have to name it. You have, you have to, to proclaim it because if you don't do it, then it's not going to happen. It's a works-based message saying if you don't do this, then this is not going to happen. Yeah, and, and so that, that's why there is so much depression in, in, in the churches. That's why, uh, you know, they're putting more of their faith in the, in the person who's told them this than the God that they're supposed to know. Exactly. It's a, or the it's, outcome. Yeah, it, it, it's false. It leads to depression. And, and that's why the, the scripture is telling you to examine examine everything that that you know the preachers are saying that the Bereans you know they examined yeah. everything that Paul was saying but this is why uh, that that sort of movement is causing damage to the church and uh, I strongly encourage you to to get into the word know who God is because once you know that God is in control man what did Todd White say who told you that God is in control oh, oh that, that's kind of like oh I wanted man. to choke the TV yeah <laughs> I mean I mean because Look, this is the reason why Jesus came because we could not do it. Exactly. This yeah. is the, the whole reason why you know David and Goliath. Everybody wants to be David. Well, I'm David. I, I like I like how Matt Chandler gave that that preaching in Elevation Church. In Elevation Church, <laughs> at the Church. Like the Bible's not about you. The whole point of David, David and Goliath is just to show you that there's there's a greater a greater David. That's funny because in the audience, everyone's like clapping, like uh, okay. <laughs> <Confused Yeah. by. laughs> No, but 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 that's true. Uh, uh, fix your eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. and w- man, that's when you can go through any trial. That's when you can yeah. go through any persecution, knowing who God is and the real, uh, the real, the real goal, savior, the, the real, real savior, risen savior, salvation. Yeah. Because uh, once you start putting your hope on, you know, the things of this life, prosperity, everything in this life. I like what one preacher said: everything that you have in this life is either going to go to the trash, to the garage sale. Or, uh, or uh, uh, it's going to get broken. Yeah. And so don't put your hope on money and this and that. The whole, whole reason uh, Philippians chapter 4, all I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me, is because he's talking about right there to be content. In the ups and the In downs. In the ups and the downs. In the ups yeah. and the lows, knowing that God will give you the strength either way you go. Yeah, exactly. And so once you examine scripture, once you know who God is, man, it's... A, so it's not, a, not only that, but uh, when you hear those kind of teachings... Your heart, your heart is hardened to sound doctrine. Yes. You're going to think 
things like oh justification by faith or the imputed righteousness oh, of Christ. Oh yeah, or or the sovereignty of God. I, that's boring. You know, I don't want to really hear that. It's too doctrinal. That's too legalistic. Yeah, it hardens your heart to the real truths of the yeah. Bible. And so when you hear correct theology, then ah, it's boring. You know, we're the, we're the smoke machine. We're the flashing lights. You know. Mm. And and I think too another thing with the wrongly given theology, it leads. It basically it it almost pushes people into hell. And 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 I I would say that very boldly because there are people that come to these churches and and they think they're getting the the full the full gospel or 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 they're given the rightly given theology and so they run with it and they end up falling because yeah. they they come to the realization I can't do it. But that's all they heard was it's it's you got to do this, you got to yeah. do that. <clears throat> and they end up turning away from the things of God because they're like, well, it didn't work for me. I'm not living a purpose-driven life. And and so now they have that like <laughs> stigma against Christianity or whatever because it didn't work. You know, they prayed this prayer and it didn't happen even though they prayed it with faith. You know, and, and that's where that word of faith movement comes. You know, oh, you know, my, my sister was sick or whatever and I prayed and I prayed, but, but God didn't heal her. She ended up passing away instead. Yeah. It's like, man, like, like what did I do wrong? And it's like now it turns back to you. It's like no, like like God's in control. God is sovereign over everything. And that's why people turn away too, because then yeah. they point the finger back to God. Yeah. I did everything that I was supposed to do, and you still didn't move. Yeah. You must not be real. Because mm-hmm. I was told if I do these things and I have enough faith, I tithe. You know, yeah, exactly. Then you would bless me, or you would raise my daughter from the dead. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, Man, I strongly encourage you. The American gospel, Christ crucified. Oh, I'm sorry. Christ alone. Christ alone. Christ 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 crucified is a new one. one. But Christ alone, that, man, that documentary is really well put together. Uh, I mean, shout out to those guys that that put that together. Man, go ahead and check it out. And if you really want to see what goofy theology looks like, look at Bethel Church right now. With the whole thing, they're trying to resurrect the two-year-old daughter that died. That's just horrible, dude. Now, one thing I do want to point out with that, I mean, for their loss, that that's a hard one. I mean, it is. Yeah, it is. they're they're losing a two year old daughter. They lost a two year two year old daughter. And uh, and you know, people grieve differently. In in the way I see it, I see it as like almost like a stage of denial. Like they don't yeah. want to believe that their daughter has passed away, though they they say that. And it's been like what seven days since it's only, it's already been a week since the daughter has passed away, yeah. and, and they are encouraging everyone. In their congregation and those that follow them on Instagram and everything to to pray that God would resurrect her, but it's like, man, like like how do you uh, correct somebody when they're in that position when they have just lost a daughter, and it's almost like we have to pray and you know that that's why we need to continue to pray for these people because like man they have so many followers praying for the resurrection of the daughter with faith you know quote unquote with faith right, well the daughter you know. And she's still not she, resurrected. J- just a side note, but but why raise a hundred hundred grand for that? Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's the. I know. Like I said, I side know. note. That's a, that's a side note. Yeah, that's, that's a side that's note. Side <laughs> yeah, man. Just a question. There. But then, even too, at the end of the day, like, like I I feel more assured, especially knowing the things of God. That you know what, whether God were to raise her from the dead or not, I'm assured knowing that hey, she's with the Lord. What better place to be than with God? Hebrews 11, at the end of Hebrews 11, they said they were trying to obtain a better resurrection. Yeah. Huh. Knowing that this life wasn't, wasn't it's not their home, so they went through. I mean, take a look at Hebrews chapter 11. You're going to talk about real faith right there. 
Uh, they, they were beheaded. They were sawn in two. They're talking about all, all everybody who lived in faith. And at the end, it, it says, because um, they wanted a better resurrection. They saw a better country a better. whose builder and maker is God. That's crazy. That's powerful. Not only that, but even in the in the in the the story of Lazarus with, with the rich man and the poor man, uh, he tells God, you know, send me. Or he tells Abraham, send me back so that you know I can resurrect and people can believe in God. And he says they have Moses, they have the prophets. Even if you were to resurrect by the dead, they still wouldn't believe. <laughs> And yeah, Jesus resur- resurrected on the third day, so there was already someone who resurrected. Yeah, plus, and pe- people still don't believe it's, the ultimate believe, resurrection. Yeah. In yeah. fact, when Jesus <laughs> rose Lazarus back from the dead, they plotted to kill Jesus because of that. Yeah, right. exactly. Real. I mean, so I mean, I don't know what what they're trying to achieve by this or what, <laughs> but you know what? A correct understanding of those kinds of scriptures would lead you to be like, man, these guys. Yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a, it's a terrible situation. You know what I mean? Like. I'm so, I mean, I, I I don't ever like to hear that, you know, especially a little kid died, you know, that, that hurts my heart. But just the way that they're responding and and the way that they're doing things, that, that breaks my heart, too. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. there's a real tragedy that happened. And instead of, you know, praising God mm-hmm. that he allowed this little girl to be on this earth for these two years, they're they're manipulating everybody and thinking that, you know, something's going to happen when it's not. You know, so what? What is it? If all those people that are praying, if, when this little girl doesn't come back from the dead, then everybody's faith is twisted. Then that's what basically you're saying, that everybody, a hundred thousand people, praying, all their faith is void. Then that's what you're literally saying, because they're through their faith, this little girl wasn't wasn't able to come back from the dead. Yeah. So I would like to read two scriptures real quick. First Timothy six. Uh, verse well the end of two and then verse verse three and it says teach and urge these things if anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our lord jesus christ and the teaching that accords with godliness he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing he has unhealthy craving for controversy and for the quarrels about words which produce envy dissension slander evil suspicions and Constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, mm. imagining that godliness is a means of gain, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Um, and it and it goes on to to talk about that as far as um, some of the false teachers that were um, in Ephesus that he sent Timothy to. Um, but forwarding to verse eleven, it says, "But as you, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness." Fight the good fight of faith, of the faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you were made the good confession in the, pre- in the presence of many witnesses. Now, mind you, this is a letter from Paul to Timothy. So, I mean, this isn't exact words exactly for us, but this is something that we could read and can apply in the same way in, in that we aren't able to do any of these things unless we are studying the things of God. Yeah. If we are just reading quotes on Instagram or quotes on Facebook, listening to, you know, some some other teachers on YouTube, but not actually studying the word of God ourselves, yeah. how then are we going to know about godliness? How yeah. then are we going to know about what it means to flee from these things, to be steadfast in, in our faith, to be gentle to one another, how to even love rightly? Because, I mean... The, the, the word love and, and love in itself is distorted by today's society, yeah. by this culture. How then are we going to do it rightly as far as 
godly love. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we have to study these things so that we can do them rightly. That's what orthodox means, you know, having the right mm -hmm. form of worship. And, and I think, too, that, that goes into, well, you know, we talked about rightly given theology and the benefit and, and wrongly given theology. Well, then how can we distinguish between the two? And I think one way to distinguish the two is understanding that scripture is, is either prescripted, descriptive, implied, or explicit. I mean, in, in our response by what <laughs> yeah. we read. So, so you want to go ahead and touch on some of those things? So what would be a descriptive text, meaning it's describing an event, it's describing something that's going on, it's giving you the background of what, what's going on. So we, we have a lot of descriptive texts in the Old Testament mm -hmm. that are not necessarily to be applied. You know what I mean? So I, the story of David and Goliath is not really a prescriptive text. It doesn't mean that you got to get your stones to swing at your giants, you know, your giants being, you know, your 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 situation, yeah. your your hard circumstance, whatever it is. That means that you got to get up that that those rocks, you know, that rock of faith, that rock of this. And it's it's making an application where there isn't. Yeah. It's just a descriptive text, and a descriptive text that is is implied about who Christ is. Mm -hmm. Christ is David knocking down, defeating the giant, which is the devil, sin, and death. On our behalf, who is the scared Israel in the background that didn't want to, that couldn't face a giant? Yeah, you know. So that's that's a descriptive text with an imply with an implication of who Christ is. So now a, a prescriptive text, we would take something like like uh, out of um, uh, something like the epistles of Paul, mm -hmm. where he says, "I do not allow this. I do not permit this. Or this is what you should do in a, in a context in a congregation." Or even some of the teachings from Jesus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, about you know the 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 what's it, the sermon preaching on the sermon on the mount. Exactly. The preaching on the the preaching on the hill. Sermon on the mount. So he's giving prescriptive texts. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's giving prescriptive things. There when he sends out the 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 apostles to go spread you know spread the gospel. Mm -hmm. We take that as a prescriptive text as we need to evangelize. We need to spread the word of God. You know, the Great Commission, fulfill the Great Commission. That's a prescriptive text. Yeah. So something that's saying this is what a Christian does, that's a prescriptive text. And something that is describing a situation or a story, that's a descriptive text. They're not, they're not necessarily to be implied. I mean, not necessarily to be prescribed. You think of like a prescription, you know. This, the doctor tells you this is what you got to take. That's what a prescriptive text is. Yeah, things you need to yeah. do. And it's all about context, you know. Three major rules when reading the Bible is number one, context. Number two, context. Number three, context. I think the, the third one is most important of all. <laughs> number three, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, context, context, context. What's going on in this chapter? Why is, you know, this person saying this? Why is Paul rebuking this? Or why is he saying this? You know, what, what era was the was a, was a um, book written? To whom was it written to? And then you can get uh, either an implication or a prescription out of that. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we apply the scripture to my life then? You know? So it's important to know why things are written and who it was written to. And if I can make an application to my life in the scripture, you know? Not only that, but uh, theological, uh, like when you're reading the Old Testament, you're going to see a lot of things that are called types and shadows, where you get a fuzzy picture of who Christ is or what Christ is going to do. Or uh, uh, theophanies, when you see the 
when you see like the angel of the Lord, it says in the Old Testament, and people saw this angel of the Lord and they talk with this person. And at the end, they say, I saw God. When the Bible says, you know, no one has ever seen God. But we have people like the parents of Samson who said, I saw God or Jacob. I wrestled with God. That's why he moved with the broken hip the rest of his life, you know, and that's called a theophany. It's a it's a it's a picture of who Christ is in the Old Testament. So that's how we can see that Christ is eternal because we see him in the Old Testament. And so those are, those are, man, I love those things, to study those things, like the story of Abraham and his son Jacob. Son Jacob. <laughs> Isaac. Oh, Isaac. <laughs> huh. Son Isaac, yeah. And th- that whole story, dude, Genesis 22, Genesis 17, Genesis 15, all these chapters right there, dude, is like, dang, this... Man, there's so much right there, dude. Like, huh. yeah. But anyways, so moving forward. <laughs> well, then, as we wrap up this episode on theology, then as vi- well, I okay. Well, I would like to bring up another thing that Victor brought up too is that. You know, as we're talking about, well, how can we discern between the two? Well, we got to be like a Berean. Yeah. We got to test. We got to study. And as we study the things of God, then we could be able to rightly test and discern between teachings that we hear, whether it be from pastors or even from our fellow brothers or sisters in Christ. And, you know, we could we could test and study these things so that we can we could point out whether whether, you know, hey, you know what? This is what the Bible says. You know what? Yeah, that's right. Or if not, then, be, then then able to bring that type of correction to to um, our congregation or to those around us, so that we could continue all to grow in the things of God. Yeah, um, and so we can go over this real quick. We asked a couple questions on our Instagram last week, and uh, we just want to give you guys the results. <laughs> bum, <those>. bum, bum. <laughs> Let's see how y'all did. We're hey. not gonna mention any names, but we're just gonna go over the. <laughs> so we, we asked a couple questions on Instagram, and man, I encourage you guys because I seen a lot of you guys saw it, but didn't answer that question. Didn't answer the question. So mm-hmm. I mean, I want to encourage you guys because we're gonna do this. We're gonna keep on doing this in the future, and maybe you didn't ask this question, maybe because you didn't know, or maybe because you thought you know. I don't know that or whatever. Yeah. That's this is exactly why we're doing this episode to encourage you guys to get into the words. You know what I mean? To get into the word of God. Yeah. And so the first question was, does God accept worship from all religions? And so 94% said no. And 6% said yes. So, so what was the correct answer? God does not accept worship from oh, all religions. Okay, good. Amen. I got we that. We see right. this in the Old Testament. <laughs> we see this in the Old Testament where he says, I will not accept your worship. God tells the people that I will not accept their sacrifice. I will not accept the worship. Why? Because it's So we see that in the Old Testament. And so the next one Does God exist in three distinct, co equal, co eternal persons, aka the Trinity? 87% said yes, 13% said no. And, and I think for that one, that was probably like a little tricky for, for some people because of the words. The wording is very theological. And I, yeah. I worded it like that on purpose just to see who's on game. You know what I mean? 
So the people that said no, uh, get your uh, Trinity doctrine, you know, step up your Trinity doctrine. Yeah, so that means basically that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they're all the same. Um, they're part of the Trinity, three persons of the, of the same God. They are all co-equal. Um, they're three distinct persons, meaning they have different roles. The Father elects, the Son pays for their sin, and the Spirit regenerates. So I, I, I would never say that the Holy Spirit died on the cross for your sins yeah. or that the Father died on the cross for your sins. Nope. I think it's the, theologic, theologically accurate to say that the Son died on the cross for your sins. I don't even like to say that God died on, your, on the cross for your sins. Hmm. I would just like to keep it the Son. Jesus Christ. No, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and so the next one would be, do you have to be born again to enter eternal life? Ooh. One hundred percent said yes. Oh, okay, perfect. I'm gonna say. Even the kids in our church know this answer. <laughs> Serious. So the next one would be: Can you lose your salvation? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Was that you? No. <laughs> so twelve percent said yes. Eighty-eight percent said no. Hmm. That's a. That's uh, one we're gonna tackle on too. Can you lose your salvation? Salvation. Can we lose it? Can we not? To be continued. To be no. continued. No. Yeah. Well, seriously. Spoiler. We can't. Okay. Go <laughs> <laughs> Well, all people go to heaven regardless of what they believe. I think that that that's almost like a similar question to Does God accept worship from from uh, other religions? Yeah. And so, five percent said yes. Ninety-five percent said no. So I, I would think this one would kind of go along with does God accept worship from all people? Yeah. So if, and, and the one that if you have to be born again too. So if you have to be born again and God doesn't accept worship from all religions, then how can, why does it matter that people believe? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 5% said yes. Like It matters. It what matters what you believe. Yes. In fact, theology matters, <laughs> which is the episode that we are talking in yeah. right now. The next one. Should women be pastors? Fourteen <laughs> percent said yes. Eighty-six percent said no. I do not believe that women should be pastors. Gives that in First Timothy. It's like why? Because the Bible says. Because the Bible says. <laughs> the Bible told me so. That's why. Okay. Is Jesus Christ God? Eighty-one percent said yes. What? Nineteen percent said what? no. What? <laughs> Uh, check out our episode on the deity of Jesus Christ. Is is is, is Jesus, Jesus God? Jesus God. Or, check or, out that episode. Or just read John chapter one. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, just read or just read the one. gospel. Just read yeah. the Bible. Yeah. Next one. Is speaking in tongues other known languages? Seventy-five percent said yes. Twenty-five percent said no. Well, what's the answer? I would say yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, because we see that in uh, the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 that everyone was speaking different languages because everyone heard yeah. in their own language. So there were many nations right there. I put, yeah, that it is other known languages, but then I also consider whether there is a different language that isn't on earth. Like a spiritual language or an angelic Almost language? Almost like that. Only no. because Paul mentions that, and I can't... Well, I mean that that that's why I, I would take that as a little bit of sarcasm on on Paul's part. Probably. Like though I speak with tongues of angels, you know, like even if I were to speak a different language and do not have love. Oh no, not know? that portion of scripture. Oh, okay. When he goes on to say that, you know, I like I speak in tongues, 
at home. Oh, okay. He says, he says you, you guys speak in tongues. I speak. I, I could say that I could speak more than you guys. Or, or oh, okay. he references that as far as talking. But about yeah, and, and and Joseph Marquez from Post Tenebra Society. We did an interview with them. He hit me up on the low on Instagram, and he, and he said, um, he said yes and no. Yes, publicly is other known language, but in your own private prayer time, you know you can't speak and just between you and God, you know, in a different tongue. So I, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. So let's yeah. let's go through these quick. Um, this one is the doctrine of predestination and election crucial to Christian faith. Forty-two <laughs> percent said yes. Fifty-eight percent said no. Ooh. <laughs> well, so what I meant by crucial mean meaning it's a, it's it's important to our faith because to me I see it like it's what puts everything in perspective. It's the glue that holds everything down. But see, you said that's what I see. Oh, well, that's what historically, you know, Christian uh, church history would say. <laughs> now, now, it's not knocking the, the doctrine. It's saying, is it crucial? I believe it is crucial. I think for a believer, it is. I think for a believer. Not, 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 not that. Not if you're not on your, not a, if you're not on your, your election th- uh, doctrine that, yeah, you're, you're not a believer or that you won't believe if you don't believe the doctrine of predestination and election. See, that's that's not I, what that's I mean. That's where I feel like a lot of people understood that question. That's no, that's, that's not what, what I meant. meant. I meant that, is it a, that important? Is it, it's a really, is it a and really And we will important? get to that in another episode <laughs> coming soon. All right, all right. 2020. Okay. 2020, catch the vision. <laughs> <laughs> Are Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Muslims, and Roman Catholics our fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord? 13% said yes. 87% what? said no. <laughs> I think those guys listen to Joel Osteen. <laughs> I say Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Muslims, Roman Catholics are all heretics, and they will not enter with us into paradise, into heaven. Next question. Do people who prophesy and that thing does not come to pass, are they a false prophet? 94% said yes. 6% said no. It is uh, true. Yeah, uh, Deuteronomy chapter eighteen. Um, it called calls for the stoning of people who prof- prophesy falsely in the name of God. And today, if you have prophesied and that thing did not come to pass, you stop are doing it. Uh, you are a false prophet. <laughs> Just stop, please. Just stop it. Please. <laughs> so that's why theology matters because those. Those kinds of questions are important to ask, and you yeah. will come across those kinds of questions in your Christian faith. Now, the question is, will you be able to answer accurately? So, we're gonna within the next couple episodes, even going on to the uh, new year, um, we're gonna get it in. You know I mean, we're gonna hit yeah. some real theological, doctrinal issues. We're gonna go through the scriptures and, and more of do more of a, a systematic approach. To these kinds of doctrines to see, and we're gonna open up the Bible. We're gonna do more of a teaching kind of mm-hmm. thing, just so you guys can be up on game. You know what I mean? Uh, to see what these things really are. Yeah. So, so stay tuned. As always, go ahead and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Um, interact with us if you see us post things on Instagram. You know, comment about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, email us reformrasa at gmail.com. Um, you can also leave us a five star review or four star, but mostly five star. Don't do and, full star, four stars. Do five and, stars. And leave us, leave us an encouraging word how you were edified by this yeah, podcast. It yeah, is encouraging yeah, for us. Um, it only motivates us to continue. Yeah. Not that we wouldn't continue, but it only motivates us even more to continue in these Amen, things. amen. Yeah. And may you guys have a... Blessed night. Blessed bless day. day, blessed night, and Merry Christmas. To all you who celebrate Christmas. What? And to you who do not celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas to you as well. 
And uh, Mary Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> and may God be glorified through the edification of the saints. Arato, vatos. Peace. Later. Now hear the word of Yahweh as he speaks through his holy scriptures. But to this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. Isaiah 66, 2, the word of God. This Christian is radical, what's written is factual. Let me first establish all scriptures infallible. It's God breathed his word, he exhaled. To the blind, the spirit makes the text braille. Embrace his mysteries, look and take a glance at the greatest history book, no fate a chance. Cause his word never fails, unlike men who are sinning. By his word, he's declared the end from the beginning. And his plan of salvation is solely through scripture. God reveals himself, yet it's only a whisper. To speak to man, he's greatly condescended. But only his spirit can make you comprehend it. But we can't grasp the whole of it, it's impossible. Cause the fact is holy writ is inexhaustible. Yet you claim his word has contradictions. Cause you don't have the spirit and you're not a Christian. Imposters can't see it with binoculars. And only the canons inspired, not the apocrypha Ignoring the facts of it is horribly hazardous And I can assure you that it's historically accurate See the text we hold is the Dead Sea Scrolls And we testify that it sets free souls And renews the minds of these dudes who rhyme And fiends who use to fry and inject needles Grass where the flowers fade But the word of God endures forever A perfect treasure Grass where the flowers fade But the word of God endures forever A perfect treasure Grass where the flowers fade But the word of God endures forever A perfect treasure Grass where the flowers fade But the holy word of God endures forever and ever Why the certain guys ignoring the fact That the Bible's the church's final authority Black, my brothers, it is for sure We call the Bible holy Cause it's set apart from all other literature And forget philosophy is what has got to be the real Cause it's the only holy book where prophecy fulfilled I was a foul pagan, but mind you, I'm now stating How the word of God's made me wise to salvation Meet the Savior on a piece of paper See the glory of Christ, he's the creator And each page has a really meaty flavor So we should savor it, not say, I'll read it later But make it a life and a great delight Hide it in our hearts, meditating on it day and night And be firmly rooted right next to Jesus Using hermeneutics and tight exegesis We should give God the glory Preach expository while teaching kids like Montessori. Be diligent to adore it and fear it. Be killing sin by the sword of the spirit. Satan despises me, it angers society that we speak in a biblical language variety. Cause it reveals that mankind is sinful, but it revives the soul and makes wise the simple. The word of God, observe his law. See, I need for Christ, it shows we're surely flawed. The word of God, observe his law. It shows you surely flawed Yo, instead of reading it We sit and we watch the idiot box Picking our crotch, fixing our thoughts on wickedest plots Our culture's acted pitifully And Satan uses the widespread lack of literacy See, the world is deceptive And it's horrid and wretched Because of its man-made morals and ethics It's subjective poop Misdirects the youth But God's law is the only objective truth See, lots of men's conventions are smart But only the word can judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart And the word suffice to give eternal life Cause faith comes from hearing, hearing through the word of Christ A call to all, and I'm not insulting y'all But the spirit by the word saves without an altar call 
and through it his sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. Once poisonous lepers now rejoicing forever, saved by his healing tongue. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to reveal the Son. Um, come consider this, we once were wisdomless, cause without the Spirit the Word's a bunch of gibberish. And without him, you're still doomed with Satan, cause only he gives the Word's illumination. It's a short blade, it imparts grace and sparks faith, a lamp shining in a dark place. Christians always ask, what's God's will for me? Well, it's found in his word, search with humility. The man of God's equipped, there's no complications. The scripture's sufficient, apart from confirmation. According to the scriptures, Christ died in our stead. It's according to the scriptures that he rise from the dead. Our only thing that's tangible to focus on Emmanuel. It's our rock and it's our hope and it's our holy manual. Grass with the flowers fade, but the word of God endures forever. A perfect treasure, grass with the flowers fade, but the word of God endures forever. A perfect treasure, grass with the flowers fade, but the word of God endures forever. A perfect treasure, grass with the flowers fall off, but the holy word of God endures forever and ever and ever. All glory to Yahweh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the incarnate word, the Logos, Jesus Christ. For we have been born again, not of a seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. Thank you, Father.